If last it's... name, last name is Enao, just in case. Enao, because <laughs> I know sometimes. <laughs> okay. Hey, folks, Scott from IT Rockstars. Hope you're doing well. This is the podcast where we help you grow your IT business. On today's show, I have someone um, who's going to be talking to us about your standard operating procedures, your SOPs. If you're in, your, if you're in the managed services space, you probably have an idea of them. I'm hoping that you're actually writing these things down. Um, we've got Owen here and now um, of Sweet Process, um, and he's going to give us a little bit of detail. I'm going to pick his brain because I need to actually start documenting the processes here at IT Rockstars. So for me, this is actually going to be really beneficial. Um, but also for you guys and girls watching, um, I think we're going to learn some stuff about, you know, we're always told that we should be documenting our processes, um, but we're going to go into some of the detail about that. Um, some of the best practices, hopefully, um, and also software that you can use to do this. I own. I've. I have actually heard of Sweet Process before. Um, nice. So I am a big fan of a podcast. Have been for years, even before podcasts were a thing, called Mixergy. Oh, I have a story about Mixergy. I'll share with you uh, <laughs> on the call. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so that's where I'd heard of your name before, and I think your co-founder at the time has a masterclass in Mixergy. So I kind of, I think I maybe even signed up for a trial and um, like. <laughs> 10 years ago or whenever it was when it was on Mixergy. And um, so I'd, I'd heard of the software before, um, but I think it would be worth getting a little bit of background to yourself. Of um, um, if, if you don't mind. Awesome. So I'll start. First of all, my name is Owen Magab Inawo and CEO and co-founder of Sweet Process. So Sweet Process started uh, the fourth quarter of 2013. But before that, I'll go back like a couple of years back. I was running an agency where, I was providing uh, entrepreneurs here in the U.S. with uh, back office support, like virtual assistants, people who could do work for them uh, virtually, even before remote was uh, fashionable as it is right now. And so there, you know, most of them had read like the four-hour work week and um, maybe the, the world is flat and, mm -hmm. you know, books like that. And so they would come excitedly about, hey, you know, we realized that even us as small business owners, we can leverage this whole thing of people working for us remotely from, you know, uh, yeah. uh, from another country and leverage the fact that it's, it's not going to be as expensive as hiring them locally. But mm -hmm. then they, come, they came with the wrong perspectives of thinking that, okay, they will just hire the person and automatically this person they hire from a different country, different time zone, different culture will come into their company and just hit the ground running and magically start doing things the way they want, even if the person had experience doing the type of work that they were hiring them for, you know, but, you know, they came yeah. in with those wrong perspectives. So because they've read those books, those books sensationalize stuff in a good way, but also in a bad way in the sense that you know, they just had the wrong mindset of okay. how this would work. So mm -hmm. one of the things I had to do was not only, you know, get them as customers, but I had to spend time in putting to them that, okay, there's, you know, we have to work this the right way. There's a mindset that you have to have, first of all, and I'll explain the mindset you have to have. And also I had to share with them that for you to have employees come in to do the work the way you want it to be done, or even people that are working with me, like you're being outsourced uh, to my company, they literally have to have uh, uh, standard operating procedures on how the work is done so that they have a starting point. And from there, uh, they can take over the, the work, having the standard operating procedures in front of them and getting the work done. And even over time, improving that document. So what we did back then, we would um, 
meet on Skype because Skype was the rage back then yeah. and do a video call, record the video session. And then someone on my team will go through and like document step-by-step the procedures and all that. But yeah, was the issue? The issue was the tools that we were using to document procedures were either they were enterprise level tools and hard to use. So yeah. imagine if it's hard, if it's difficult and hard to use and clunky for even the people who are supposed to be the experts, right? This software were hard to use. Imagine the customer you were trying to imbibe into them this new idea of you know, we need to do this. So it was a little bit uh, iffy. And so what we had to do, we started hacking together a bunch of different free, uh, free tools to do that, but it wasn't what it needed to be. But we, we made it work. In the back of my mind, I was like, there has to be a better way. So I just uh, shelved it aside and said, okay, you know, I'll figure something out. So I went on Mixergy. This is where Mixergy comes in now. So you, oh. as you know, uh, Andrew Warner, he's the host of Mixergy. And Mixergy usually does a, yeah. a podcast talking to software startups and where they're talking about how they run their business and how they built yeah. it to eventually it's, sell it. It's a podcast for proven entrepreneurs. I think that's how he describes it. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened is he has two versions of the podcast. The one where it's the story of how you built your business and sold it and so on and so forth. And then the other one where you, you basically sign up to be a member of his course or masterclass, as you call it. Yeah. And you go there and teach specific topics. So you could be on there to teach like sales, marketing, but very specific focus topics. And he brought me there to teach how I uh, show entrepreneurs how to document procedures and how to basically uh, streamline the operations and how we then eventually take it over. Right. So I did that course, uh, okay. taught his audience. So my co-founder, Jervis, yeah. uh, who's a programmer, uh, uh, who's also the CTO of Sweet Process at this time, back then he reached out to me by email. He said, hey, he loved what I was teaching, the course and everything and the framework I shared. And he said, okay, uh, he wants to build a software in line with what I was talking about, but he wanted to get my feedback. So, you know, being the kind of guy I am, I'm open to having conversations. And so we, we met, we talked. And I was like, dude, this is a problem I'm actually facing right now in, in my agency. And uh, instead of just giving you a suggestion on what to do, why don't we just build this software together? And it was like, it was exciting. It was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, I said, it's okay. But first, one thing I don't want us to do, because I know you're, you're, you're a programmer and programmers get excited to build new stuff. Uh, I don't I'm, want, not, I'm not a programmer. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want us to do that because the issue I'm running into is that a lot of the software that we're currently using are... Uh, either feature bloated and hard to use. And what I want to do is attack it from a standpoint where I, we spend time together uh, talking to a bunch of potential customers, trying to figure out what the issue they're having from the standpoint of having that single one place where employees can go and find instructions. Yeah. And what's, what's blocking them from doing that? Just dig into the problem as much as possible. And then from there, determine what are the root issues that really they're trying to solve because they, they could be telling you features they want, but if you dig in layers deep, you find out that, okay, yes, they're asking for this feature, but the root issue is this. So we did like several calls, like 30 plus calls over oh, a wow. period of a, of a month okay. or so. We took those calls. We spent some time, analyzed the calls to determine what the, you know, what the characteristic was in terms of root issues they were all having. And then we now said, okay, let's come back to the drawing, but let's look at the root issues and let's go ahead and build software based on what we've done the research for. Okay. And then we build the software and then, you know, uh, fast forward after that, uh, now we have over 1500 companies using Sweet Process and the typical company has about 20 employees all the way to, I mean, I'm not kidding you, all the way to like a thousand employees, you know, it depends on the size of the company. And what usually happens is uh, because this issue of having one single place where employees can go find instructions on how to do their work, it cuts across different verticals. We have 
churches using sweet process. We have government agencies using sweet process. We have banks using sweet process. As a matter of fact, we have a lot of MSP uh, uh, yeah. business owners using sweet process. And so it runs the gamut of like people who use sweet process. So I see it as almost like two factors here on for, for MSPs because you'll find a lot of the coaches out there in MSP land are talking about your standard operating procedures. But the fact is, majority MSPs don't have enough time in the day. So they have to like delegate things out to other people on the team. Um, or when they're, you know, when they're growing in size, that's one of the things why they need the processes documented. Um, yeah. The other one, which I've experienced myself when I was an engineer, I was like at the coal face with this. If you're dealing with many different types of clients, they've all got very different types of systems, types of technologies in their, in their, in their, uh, in their establishments. Um, so you need to have processes for each client that you're dealing with. I used to spend half of my time, maybe 75% of my time, just looking for information about how to do yeah. something. Um, so that's why having um, standard operating procedures for an MSP is really important because your engineers can um, get the job done quicker, so you need less engineers. Um, mm -hmm. But the other one is you can eventually step out the business. Um, yeah, business with... is much more valuable if yeah. you have stuff. I mean, if you compare like a business that doesn't have procedures in place and a business that has everything all documented yeah you're as a buyer which one will you buy <laughs> or which one will you place more value into you know your offer and stuff like that so yeah it's very important and you also said something that is important where you said you were spending a lot of time trying to find the information yeah. so if you add all that time you're spending to try to find information and then being able to understand the information before you now start actually doing the work all that time is being wasted it adds up it, you know so it, you need these documents in place it does. Yeah, it does. So I, I want to come back to some of those pain points that you mentioned that you when you did these 30 plus interviews. Um, it's obviously a little while ago now, but was there any ones that kept coming up or, you know, kept being prioritized that sweet process solves? So one of them that we, we ran across, especially with people who already had. So it was two types of people, the ones where they at the point where, you know, they have so much uh, bottleneck and they know they need to have documentation in place because without it, they can hire people. And then the other one was people who already have documentation in place, but it, they were finding it difficult to even use whatever uh, uh, software that they, they had in place because they couldn't get buy-in from, from, okay. from people to use it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. bo bo both of those people, first of all, the people who have stuff in place, but their issue was the software was hard to use. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people, you know, they spend all that money paying for enterprise level software. The, the contract has been cleared. So, so they're now uh, obligated to using some software that, you know, is so future bloated and like very technical, literally with some of the jargons they had in there okay. and people were not using it. So the issue was that ease of use. And if ease of use is not an issue, if, if, if people cannot use it, then you can't really get buying. So maybe the managers might have it for, oh, they check the button, they have it, but I, nobody... Yeah. Go ahead. I see buying as like I know I've got one right in the top of my head is like we need to make the processes for this client, um, and it's processes within the client's organization. But how do you get that buy-in? Uh, because I can just see ourselves building out all this documentation, but then no one ever looking at it. Yes, and it's all they were all saying a bunch of different things. That the biggest issue was the ease of use because if the software is easy to use mm -hmm. for the managers, if it's easy to use for the ground level employees who are doing the work every day, and it's even easy to use for the owners, 
there'll be no reason for, 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 for them not to use it. So that was the biggest issue. And so we now say, okay, how do we uh, uh, make sure that, you know, we build the software in a way that everything is easy and intuitive so that, you know, uh, they, don't, they don't even need as much support of us trying to show them how to use the software. So that was the, one of the biggest issues we found there. Another one that was also there was um, how do you uh, make sure that people get uh, uh, that feeling of, oh, uh, they can be encouraged to uh, actually improve the information, right? Yeah. So you had to build that into the software as well. Another thing that we realized was people were saying that, well, they've started documenting things in place, but now they, they have situations where things get lost and uh, uh, you know, new insight happens, but those new insights don't come back into the stuff. Yeah, and so it gets lost. Changes, yeah. Yes. So mm. we had to figure out, okay, how do we make our software so that even while, you know, after you've documented you know, the first version, the second version and the document is there, but now work is being done, how does that come back into the software? So these were just a bunch of different things, just you know, off the top of my mind, I can remember about conversations that we had that would say, okay, okay. when we build our stuff, we have to incorporate all this into a uh, sweet process. Okay, so I, as I mentioned at the start of this interview, I'm at the point just now where I know I need to start recording processes. Are you going to tell me how to do this? Um, of course. <laughs> yes. I, I, there are some <laughs> of the processes at the moment that are like brand new processes. You know, I'm, these are going to be outsourced. I'm like spent, you know, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. this morning doing some of these processes for the first time. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I need to document these. Um, are there best practices that we should be following? Um, so, yes, they are. And, and, and I'll, I'll show you a framework that you should use that, you know, regardless of whether you use our software suite process or not, at least okay. it gets you started. Because uh, that's what I always want to do is give people something to get started with. So uh, first things first, uh, before you even get excited and start uh, documenting procedures, I want you to ask yourself critical questions for any single task that you want to document. Is this task required for us to keep doing this task? Right, because you might have this whole thing about a tribal knowledge of how we've always done things here, and you know people just keep doing the same thing over and over again, and now you want to now keep doing the same thing and document it. It doesn't make any sense, right? So first things first is asking yourself critical questions of is this necessary uh, for us to keep doing this? And if the answer is no, just eliminate it altogether. No need to do uh, document it. Okay. Now the next thing is you're only going to be documenting tasks that happen on a recurring basis, be it maybe once every month, once every week, it happens repeatedly, right? You're not going to be documenting tasks that happen once and it never happens again. Right. Okay. Right. So now we're left with just, you know, a repetitive tasks that you, you happen, you know, on a different uh, schedule, uh, weekly, whatever, uh, monthly, whatever, right. As long as it's re re recurring, the next thing you ask yourself is, is this task, Re, uh, income generated, so revenue generated tasks versus uh, tasks that are, they're not necessarily uh, revenue generating, but it actually is the production side of the you know your, your work right of your yeah. of your company. A lot of people want to jump and start documenting the income generating tasks, the sales, the all those kind of things. But the thing is, I say if you jump and do that, so what, what's going to happen is you document all that. Uh, income generating tasks you're going to get excited you want to go ahead and bring more employees to take over those income generating tasks where you're yeah. bringing more customers but yes there's going to be a jam lock on this other end where you're bringing more people to come meet the bottlenecks that you've not figured out from the production standpoint so you're just going to make more people come in and be angry with just with you and your service go and give you bad reviews so why don't you focus on the bottlenecks on the production side first so look for the biggest bottleneck on the production side of your business 
and say, okay, what is the, the biggest one? The one that takes my, the most of my time, the one that people keep asking the same questions over and over again. The one that, you know, when the question comes out, I just hit my, my hand on the table. Like, man, I wish they knew how to do this without me. Right. Let's start with that one first. Okay. So now the next thing I want you to do is once you've identified that task on the production side, I want you to install like in your mind and install in the mind of your managers and minds of people on the ground that this is going to be a thing of continuous improvement. So we are giving yourself the permission, everybody, the permission that, hey, we're going to start from ground version one, whatever, and it's not going to have as much information in there, but we are going to, over time, improve it and keep improving it. That's the way we're going to do it. Once everybody agrees to this mindset, okay, next thing is the, the best time to document the task is when you are doing the task because it's, it's right there. Because remember how you yeah. said you spend time trying to remember how to do the task, right? And yeah. so if you're trying to document a task that you're not working on, you're going to spend time trying to remember so much. But if you're actually trying to do the task, I would say it's the best time to document the task right there. And so how do you document the task? Forget about trying to create an encyclopedia with all the details in there. No, start out with, with creating what I call the minimum viable procedure. It's just an outline of the document that has the title of the procedure and title of each step. That's it. Just a skeleton outline of it uh, when, when you do it the first time. Once that is done, now get one of your managers or people or on the ground who you've uh, trained on the task verbally before or whatever and say, mm -hmm. hey, we now have this procedure in place. The, the, the goal is next time you're working on the task, have that procedure right there in front of you and start entering some details in it. And the details could be just a couple of text in each step, a couple of screenshots in each step, or if you, whatever you feel comfortable, but don't worry about making it grand or elaborate. We just want to have you put some flesh on the bone. I've already created that skeletal structure when I did it this time. Next time, let's just add some more meat to the bone. And so what happens is as they start doing work and using that outline you have, they start adding some flesh to it. They, they submit the information back to you. You, you. you like what you see. And now we have a new version that's an updated version of the next one uh, and so on and so forth. And so what happens is as they even start doing the work, right, then, you know, they're going to come across things that maybe you didn't encounter for or things that maybe uh, as the owner of the business, it's so obvious for you, you didn't think it was necessary to uh, lay it out. They can tell you, hey, when we're doing this, we, we didn't see these points in here and we think it's necessary. And then you go ahead and add those points. So now I've just shown you how the, the way the, the dance to getting the document from the outline yeah. to being filled out. But you don't stop there. You Once there's, there's some meat on the bone in that document, then you look at the next task and say, okay, what's the next biggest bottleneck in the production side? You start doing that whole dance again of you know uh, trying to fill it out. And what, the next thing is after you've gotten a lot of uh, the bottlenecks taken care of, then you start looking at, okay, this revenue generating task, like the sales, the marketing thing we all yeah. love, right? You know, yeah, yeah. To, to talk about. Let's start documenting some of those things as well. With the intention that once you document it and do the same dance you did earlier on on the production side, now you are able to even bring in more people to come and do some of this task because they're not starting from scratch. They have some instructions on, oh, this is how we make sales happen. This is how we bring customers in here and so on and so forth. And now you know that they can bring in customers following your instructions that you have already in place. And your production is also taken care of because to a large extent, the bottlenecks have been fixed because you have documents in place uh, on there as well. Okay, I love that setup. I love the fact that you're generating on the, you're uh, concentrating on the production generating tasks first. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and that is opposite to how my brain works. It's like, to give you an example, as I say, this morning, I was doing one of the tasks. I was cleaning a list of leads. And I'm like, I, I'm doing this just now, but someone else is going to be doing it. But that's a revenue generating task. So that yeah. 
should be proof that should be documented last once i've got all of the bottlenecks from the production first that's what you're saying here Owen. yeah and, okay. and one, one of the things is people will be like oh but doesn't having this instruction in place make the, co the company boring or less uh, like robotic i'm making the argument that no that's not the case because first of all like you like you said earlier you're going to spend time uh, let's say you, you do a task every three months and you've not done it since until three months ago right yeah. and so now you want to do it you're going to spend some time thinking about how the task is done gathering all the necessary materials to do it before you start doing the work. Imagine multiplying that by multiple times of the different yeah. tasks you have to do, wasting time. But now if you have these documents in front of you for step-by-step -step how it's done, you don't have to waste time on, on that kind of thing. You just jump right straight into the work. And yes, where the creativity part happens because as you're now doing the work with the instructions right there in front of you because you didn't waste time, you are now able to see more ways to improve upon what you have in place. Yeah. And that's the creativity is happening right there i come yeah i come back to for the, from the msp's perspective and my time as an engineer um 10 plus years it was spent half more than half my time just looking for information so if you have um engineers that you know i've got information right there at their fingertips or they're creating the information and uh, for others to look at and um, you're going to have to hire less engineers so your margin is going to be better so that's that's the benefit I see from the MSP's perspective. And even for, I always try to talk about everybody's expect, uh, perspective, but I also want to talk about the perspective of the people on the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so to them, which company would you want to work for? Uh, the one that actually allows your voice to be taken into, into consideration into how to improve your work. Because yeah. if you think about it, if the company has imbibed in this idea that everybody's in, in, uh, involved in this whole thing, you are doing the work, and now as you're doing the work, they are seeking your feedback for improvements, right? And yeah. they take that feedback from you and you supply that feedback back to them. They go ahead and improve the instructions, the checklist on how the work that you do every day happens from your feedback. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, that, that sounds like a company that uh, accepts your feedback. That's the kind of culture that most people want to be part of because they are basically affecting or uh, affecting the work they do and helping to improve it. You yeah. know, so that's the way to think about uh, uh, stuff like this. Okay, excellent, Ona. I love it. I love it. So, where where do we go from here then? On uh, you know, we built we've built our processes. What does the handover look like? Because the the thing I've got in my mind at the moment is you could build up quite a large knowledge library. Mm -hmm. Um. So how would I say there's someone new in the door in the organization? How how do they trawl through all of that information? How can it how can it be utilized for someone with fresh eyes? It doesn't, you know, they're, they're starting brand new. So from onboarding uh, situation now, so you bring in an employee into the company. If you have, like with three process, what we do is we make sure you have teams in place. So you can basically map out like teams of how your company really is in, within the application. And so within those teams, think of it like department, you can put in your employees, let's say you have a sales team, a marketing team or whatever. You can create those teams in three process and then put your employees in the relevant teams and then have your documents, your procedures, your processes, your policies in there. So when the employees that you bring in, the new ones, whatever, they get added to that team, they see the instructions of you know, all the different things they're going to be doing as part of their role. Now, how do you take it to the next level besides just giving them access to how to uh, do the work? You can actually use our, our software to actually assign tasks to your employees 
for them to work on. And in the sense that, okay, uh, I've shown you how to do the work, but I want to give you a, a test task, right? I'm not going to give you a, a task where you're going to go work with a client right now, but I'm just going yeah. to create a, a dummy test environment and assign a task based on the underlying procedure or underlying process, and they go do the work. So with Sprint Process, we make it so that you can't even assign a task to someone except there's an underlying procedure or process that that task is based on. So while they're doing the work, the instruction is literally right there in front of them. They're getting the work done, uh, following the instruction, and they're checking up the steps, right? And if they come across something that maybe was not accounted for, like I said, in the uh, uh, by going through the procedure, they can pass that feedback into the same app because the app is used for both the documentation side of things and as well as task management side of things. So that those innovations, those additional feedback that happens when the work is being done because the app is being used for both, you're not counting on the employee to be this extra, uh, you know, nice uh, remembering employee to come up, come from what they're doing to come to another software to input the information because both are in the same place. The documentation and the task management is in the same place. It's just a click of a button for them to say, hey, this was not accounted for, or what do we do in this step? And okay. that feedback is passed back to the manager who is responsible for creating the procedure. And then in real time, if he likes what he sees and likes that suggestion, he can go ahead and uh, update based on feedback. But one thing we also uh, learned from um, the people we did initial interviews from is that they didn't want their managers to be responsible for everything. So we made so switch process so that if you see a change, you can make a change. So you don't have to just rely on passing feedback passively to the manager for them to make yeah. a change later. You can literally, you know, while working on the task, you see there's a procedure that this task is based on, click on the button to view the underlying task. When you get there, click on edit. As an employee on the ground, you can go ahead and start making changes to the underlying document and press enter. And guess what? We give the managers, managers oversight so that even though employees are empowered to make updates in real time to document, the document doesn't get fully uh, changed. It needs to be approved by the manager. So if the manager sees what they, the change they made and they like it, it can go ahead and approve the changes. So what happens now is the underlying document is, is, is approved for the new steps. And at the same time, the tasks employees are working on based on the procedure now gets the new steps in there. So you see how uh, you, you collaborate together to build the documents, but also yeah. all this insight from the task management side of things is being brought in as well. So bringing back to the onboarding is you give employees uh, the instructions, but also get, create test tasks for them to do just uh, some mock-up task for them to do and they go ahead and start getting that done that kind of is like learn while you're doing it right so you kind of learn uh or, or, or the way it's done and then from there you move them from actually getting them into doing real work for your clients based on the procedures that or processes you already have in sweet process and so you know that they will get the work done uh the way it should be done because you have documents right there in front of them what do you see as the um when people are documenting tasks, is there any sort of gotchas, mistakes that people make um, when they're doing it? Is there, uh, you know, we've kind of went over the prioritization of what tasks, but the actual process and tasks themselves when they're documenting it, what mistakes should we try and avoid? The, the, the mistakes I think you should try and avoid is the one that people might not even think of is they, they try to make it too complicated. It, okay. it doesn't have, again, I, I, I keep using the word encyclopedia. You don't have to make it complicated. Just put as much information in each step as possible. And here's the thing. You're waiting for the trigger where the employee or somebody who's using this, maybe they're reviewing the instructions and something was not clear, or while they're doing the work, something was not clear. That is the trigger that lets you know that that specific point of okay. the document needs to be slightly improved beyond where it is. 
That's it. And again, it's back to the whole thing of installing the mindset of continuous improvement. And so based on that, over time, that document starts improving, improving, getting clearer, clearer, and it becomes what it needs to be. And at a certain point, because let's, let's be frank, we are documenting things because these are tasks that human beings have to do, and we want to make sure that they do it predictably. But there might, there might come a point where you've gotten this all whole uh, task all laid out properly and everything is just working the way it needs to be. And yeah. you can start thinking about automation. This is where now you have to say, okay, maybe we don't need to have people do this because we've laid out how it works. Maybe we can now figure out you know, how to automate it. So that's another whole level. But again, for the tasks that people have to do, you are making sure that it's getting done the way it should be done by documenting things. Yeah. I love it. Owen. I love it. So I, I, I don't have any other questions at this stage. Um, I know you, you mentioned it this, uh, before I hit record, you've kind of got a few things you want to go over. Have we covered everything? What about what questions? Oh, yes. I maybe not asked uh, here? So one of the things is people might say, okay, uh, I get the framework. I get the fact that you, you're saying uh, I can work on myself and, uh, and my uh, employees to do this, but we might be very busy. We don't have, uh, maybe we have a lot of clients that we're working. We don't have the bandwidth or time to do this, but guess what? I'm going to throw in another option in there. There are people who call process consultants who, what they do is they basically come into companies, look through all your systems and everything and help you actually um document your procedures and processes, which obviously because you're hiring a consultant to do this, this is going to be more expensive than if you and your employees, uh, you know, did this on your own. But so now you have another option where uh, if it can be done by you or your employees in collaboration, then it can, you can actually, to spearhead it, you can get a process consultant to come in and get it done. And once they get it done, then you can have something that from which you can build upon uh, that, that that was built by process consultants. How does yeah. that how does that work? Like a process consultant, like as I'm going to give the example of the MSP, and there's an engineer with foot in the, feet in the ground, and they're the only ones that know how the process works because they're in the client's um, site, um, you know, three days a week. Um, so that one engineer knows the process. How, how, how is that an interview or is that's it? a great question so i'll give you a backstory and i'll give you an additional insight so remember how i said that uh when i was running my agency back in the day uh someone who uh you know is doing the work would meet with someone on my team who would uh basically have a conversation about the task okay work me through how you do the task step by step and we have a conversation right and they go ahead and, and they're recording it and they go behind the scenes and take that as a means to create the the, the document that's what usually Okay. This is the starting point for how this happens with a lot of the process consultants. But then on top of that, the additional insight to this is that a lot of the process consultants, sometimes they get specialized where they're focused on a specific vertical, right? And so because they focus on a specific, let me say, vertical industry, mm-hmm. right? A lot of things might be happening across the board the same. And so they have this learned thing where over time, because they are the consultant focused on a specific industry, now there's a lot of things that tend to be the same. And so when even they're working with a new client, they might not have to start from scratch because there's this industry knowledge that they're bringing to the table. Very, that is interesting. The reason I find that interesting because when I went to work in the MSP space, one of the big factors for me was, oh, I'm going to get access to all of these different technologies. I'm going to see how all of these different things work. I came out of that and I realized that a lot of it's the same. It's all Microsoft products <laughs> sitting on servers. <laughs> um, so from the processes that you think may be unique to yourselves that, you know, your clients, you might find that they are actually very similar across the board. And, and I want to add on top of that, because if you find a process consultant that is like focused on your vertical, they might yeah. be more expensive, but 
basically think of it like a shortcut to getting across the board industry knowledge because they might even have template procedures and processes or even policies that across the board they think most people should have and then that could be made available to you and your team can start from there and tweak it up to meet your specific needs okay that's that's excellent so is that that's there's you've got your software suite uh, process and then you've got the service attached to it how do people find out more information on so uh, you can always go to sweetprocess.com, go ahead and sign up for a trial and it's a 14 day trial. And if you, if you need an extension and trial, you know, you can reach out back to us after you sign up for the trial. But my goal today was to basically show the framework on how you can do it on your own, regardless of whether yeah. you use process or not. But one more thing is people might, even though they understand what I've just shared with them, they might still want to see something and say, okay, they want to have a starting point, right? So that they can, so what, what we have is 52 standard operating procedure templates uh, in form of a PDF that you can download and to go get it you can go to sweetprocess.com forward slash it rockstars and get that sweet process or sweet like candy process like process it it rockstars sweetprocess.com forward slash it rockstars and you can get access to that uh 52 uh, standard operating procedure templates. Excellent. I um, love it, Owen. I, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to go into Mixergy and check out this masterclass that you've got on it. <laughs> um, but thanks for your time today. Um, really great to have you on the show. Hey, folks, um, I'll see you in the next episode. Take it easy. All right. Thanks very much, Owen. That was really good.